Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Sonderwave podcast. I am very excited to share this with you. I am also very nervous to share this with you. And quite frankly, I'm very surprised that I actually followed through and I'm putting this out because it is very vulnerable for me. But I am in a place where I have found in my own experience that being vulnerable and sharing vulnerability is really where all of the good stuff in life is and where all of the knowledge is, is it really is in our vulnerabilities. It's when we share our stories, when we own our stories and then are able to share them with other people. I really think that that is how we grow as a culture. I think that's how we grow as a society. And I think that's how we produce change. And that is why I named the podcast Sonderwave because Sonder means that each individual person is having a unique individual experience. And the wave portion of it is I really just, uh, I'm really into imagery and metaphors. And in my head, I see the knowledge and the stories that we accumulate in our life, no matter how small or how big they are, no matter how impactful or non-impactful they are, that they all accumulate into this wave that we essentially just put back into the universe. And I think that's how we evolve as a society is we pass down stories from generation to generation. It's what we've been doing for centuries and it's what we will continue to do. And what a better way to document stories of people than to record them audibly on a podcast. But this podcast is gonna be very vulnerable podcast. Uh, it's going to be very raw. It's going to be filled with a lot of stories, a lot of challenges from people, a lot of successes uh, in people's lives. And this first group of episodes is going to be about Pride Month. And Pride Month is a whole month dedicated to celebrating the LGBTQ plus community and really celebrating the stories that got us to this point. And also, it's about the LGBTQ plus community really celebrating their own stories and celebrating the fact that there is a community of people and a family of people who will always accept you for who you are. And this month has increasingly became, has increasingly become more important to me, primarily because I am a recently out gay man and I thought that if I was going to have a bunch of individuals share their experiences with me, share their vulnerabilities with me, be very raw and open with me, that it would almost be a crime if I didn't do that first. And so this first episode is me sitting down with two of my best friends, who um, Stephanie and Megan, and I've known them for quite a long time now. I went to college with Stephanie in Christian college, and then we also went to grad school together. Um, but these two girls have really been with me throughout my entire coming out experience. And we get into it in the episode, but I grew up very religious. I grew up in a conservative Christian community, and then I went to Christian college, and then after college is really when I began to deal with my identity and, and this conflict between this identity I was coming into and the identity that I have grown up with and the struggle and the struggle that that brought 
And so I hope you enjoy it. Uh, this episode is not a perfect episode. There's a lot of ums. We start off, I didn't know how to start off the episode. So we even start off very much like, uh, how do we start this? It's very weird. It's uncomfortable, but I kind of like it. I kind of like it like that. I, I really want these episodes to be very fluid in the sense of that there's going to be some ums, there's going to be some silences, there's going to be a flow to the conversation that may be uncomfortable to listen to, but it's the real conversation. I think that's really important. I'm very nervous to share this with everyone because this is a part of my life that I've kept very secret. It's something I have not shared with a lot of people. But that's the thing with stories is you share when you're ready. And I finally feel like I'm at a place in my life where I know who I am. I know the challenges that I've went through. I'm still very much a work in progress, but I love being a work in progress. And I like sharing the fact that I am a work in progress and that every day I am trying to be a better person. And sometimes I do that and sometimes I fail at that, but that's the human experience. So I hope you enjoy it and I hope you connect with it in some form. And one of the main goals is just to humanize the human experience because we all are having a unique individual experience. That means we all have a unique individual life to share about. And I think that in sharing our vulnerabilities, we are humanizing the human experience. And I think a lot of where discrimination comes from and where prejudice comes from and a lot of opposition is just from people not understanding what the experience is like. So I hope that you listen with an open heart, an open mind, an open soul, and really take from each story what you want and what you need. I really do think it's impossible to hate someone once you know their story. And I hope that throughout this process, we can all learn to love each other a bit more and to have compassion for each other. And that's really the main goal, just to humanize the experience. I haven't really thought of a, an intro or a song. So I really just want to start each episode with a centering act. And the best way that I have learned to center myself is just by a deep breath. And so each episode, I'm just going to start with a deep breath and I encourage you to do it with me. I think when we take deep breaths, I think it helps. It really just helps center us in the moment and it helps prepare our bodies and our minds to be more open to what we're about to hear. And so that's what we're going to do. So after we take a few breaths, the episode is just going to start and I hope you enjoy. So let's do this. Take a deep breath with me. journey mm. that'd be interesting mm. <laughs> well, 
<laughs> go for it. That'd be fun. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Oh, okay. 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 Well, when I met John, we were both at Christian College. Yes, we were. <laughs> as we affectionately <coughs> call it. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I knew who he was. I definitely knew who you were before you knew who I was. John was popular. I, <laughs> I wouldn't say popular. Uh, okay, you, I was no. You I were was, you were popular because you were always nice to everybody. Like yeah, everyone, and you were fun to hang out with. That's true. I knew a lot of people too. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't. Yeah, I um, knew who you were because I'd seen you. Well, and I knew, knew nothing Valerie. about you. Yes, that's yeah. true. I didn't know Mel. Yes, so he knew my sister first. Yeah. Um, but anyways, so we. I think the first time we met, literally, someone introduced us because we both liked Harry Potter. And both of us were like... What year was that? Sophomore year. Really? Yeah. wonder who it was. It was it was Nicole. Really? Uh-huh. But I think we were in the same class, but we uh-huh. weren't sitting... We didn't sit anywhere. But I knew we both knew her. That's and she was so like, funny. oh, you guys both like Harry Potter. And both of us were like, cool. <laughs> <laughs> and like, yeah. It. But then, basically, John and I got to know each other because he switched majors into my yes. major. Um, which was very small. We were both social work majors. It, it was a small group. So yeah. we got to know each other through that. But um, I guess our senior year, we got closer. Like, we got closer as a group. But there were, like, four or five of us that, like, really clicked that year. Yeah, because there were only ten people in our senior class. Mm-hmm. Our senior social work class. Yeah. So all of our classes were just with us ten. Yeah. And... I would say half of us really got along. Yes. Like we would hang out with each other outside yeah. of class. class stuff. Yeah. Um, it was so much fun. And I also like made friends with other people that you were friends with before uh-huh. that year. So well, I like kind of moved into your group of friends a little bit. Yeah. Um, and what I liked about having that intimate of a senior class is, and that would, this was right around the election. Mm. I remember we really challenged our thoughts that year with each other yeah which i had oh, never yeah. done before and coming we were obviously at conservative christian college and i remember like thinking how refreshing it was mm-hmm. that we could sit with our friends and just talk about progressive things yeah because social work is very i would say the more liberal major because mm-hmm. it's all about you know human rights and sticking up for the underdog yeah and, and our, so it's just naturally profess- more our, liberal yeah our professors were great at like challenging us in that too <clears throat> even if they didn't agree with the other side of things they were really good at making us challenge ourselves and yeah. our beliefs and thoughts so that was great um but i do think that set up for me and i would maybe say for you too it allowed us later when we went to grad school yeah. it gave us that permission to keep going oh for sure with challenging those things that we started challenging yeah i feel like our senior year of college definitely we had like the safe space to do it our senior year and that moved easily into grad school where john and i went to the same grad school together and we lived together we lived together with two other people that had been in our social work major as well it's funny i think half of our class almost yeah lived there yeah um and that was a quite a year for both of us it was a very interesting year um, which we can get into because that's a whole different ball game of emotion and there was just there was a lot going on and it's just it's weird with growing up in a Christian culture when you're given independence uh, when you're not taught independence and then you're given independence it's 
for me, I didn't know what to do mm-hmm. like mentally, spiritually, like physically. I obviously knew how to, um, Hey, <laughs> um, uh, like I knew how to take care of myself, but I didn't feel like we, or at least for me, I didn't feel prepared for the real world, yeah. which was being outside of that Christian bubble. Yeah, for sure. And so like immediately once we were given that space, it was like, oh, okay, I guess we'll figure it out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, there was, there was a, a lot going on that year too. I mean, obviously we were in grad school, mm-hmm. so that was a lot, but then our living situation wasn't the best. Um, there were a lot of other outside things going on. We were both, I think both of us were like, Oh, I don't think I believe in God anymore. Yeah. Which was and that's a, a lot. It is a lot. And that's something that's really hard to explain to, um, I would say people that didn't grow up in religion, mm-hmm. um, and trying to explain what, like the grieving God process and what yeah. that actually feels like. Cause yeah. it really is, quite it's like your identity it's not even just part of your identity yeah that's everything that you are it's everything you've known and so Mm -hmm. when that's kind of taken away you're almost kind of like well what else have i been blinded to this whole time it's yes and i know that was dealing with then that and then i had this extra layer kind of hidden under of like dealing with sexuality stuff Mm -hmm. it's it's a lot to take on yeah and i didn't feel prepared for it no, it was a lot. Yeah. <laughs> it was, was a lot. Glad when that year was over. It was too. Um, but after that, we after grad school, we stayed friends, mm-hmm. and um, really after that, because we lived what, close enough. Yeah, to we see lived each like other. on opposite sides of Chicago from yeah. each other, so close enough that it was easy to go see each other on weekends, mm-hmm. once or twice a month, or something like that. And neither of us really had other friends no like literally yeah i was back at home now so i was megan's been my best friend since we were in eighth grade or like ninth grade um so i had her back at home but that's kind of where you two ended up meeting yeah we're almost like you were my two best (laughs) friends from you hadn't met yet but like from different areas of life and we met right after we graduated grad school Mm -hmm. because we went to six flags yeah (laughs) Yeah. I don't even remember it being awkward at all. No, it wasn't I just remember awkward. it just it felt really natural. Yeah, yeah it did. <laughs> yeah, the one thing I do remember is that both of you separately came to me yeah, and were is... like, "I don't know, like, what I can say in front of her or what I can. What can do. I get yeah. away with? What's yeah, funny? I was like, yeah. I was like, literally anything. Like, <laughs> well, and that's that's been a huge thing to try to figure out because when you grow up in a certain bubble. You don't know like social thing. You don't know various social things. Like I don't know what's appropriate to bring up now. Like can I bring up religion around them? Can I bring up like are they going to get offended by our heathenism? Are they going to get offended by our religion? Like you're trying to figure out social dynamics for the first time. And it was Mm -hmm. was fun. It was fun. It was really easy though. It was literally that one day, that night before and like that day. Mm -hmm. I feel like it was the three of us instantly from that. Yeah. So cute. It was cute. And it's just been like that. Yeah. So we did yeah. that. And then John started coming to visit us more often um, because Megan had her own apartment and we had mm-hmm. the camper and we would drink. We just like <laughs> and drink talk and talk about like life. all the things, lit- literally everything that we could think of. We would we would write down topics and put it in a hat yes. and like just pull them out. We yeah. put like abortion or like 
God and like everything, ev- literally everything. Yeah. Um, and I, that was really our first, it, it was just us questioning things and mm-hmm. it was so much fun to do it together. It really was. Um, it made it instead of, instead of it being like scary and like doing everything on your own in your own head, it became a social fun thing to do. We always yeah. did it. We always like had our whiskey. Yes. Our honey whiskey. <laughs> yes. And Teddy Grahams. <laughs> and Teddy Grahams. <laughs> oh, that was such a great night. It was a very specific period in time. It, it, very specific. It really was. <laughs> because then really after that, um, Megan and I went to Spain and New Zealand for like a year and a half. Yeah. And John was back home on his own. Home alone. <laughs> but he came out to visit How us. How was that, that was period? the home alone part yeah Yeah, it was rough and i actually haven't thought about it the fact that you guys weren't there but i do think it was probably just because i didn't have yeah my group of people yeah it was really sad and it's it's hard to think back on how sad it was to Mm -hmm. be honest it's a it was a very lonely time because like when we were going through grad school and i stopped believing in god and i was questioning my sexuality it was very much everyone I knew I couldn't talk to about it. Like the only people I talked to it about was you guys. Mm -hmm. And so it it was hard to continue. It was hard to continue to question things without you guys. Um, And so it's like internally I knew that I was coming into a different person, but I wasn't able to live that way. And so it was this huge like battle within myself and it really created this huge anxiety and just, just depression that's really what it just it, i felt completely hopeless yeah um and i do think a lot of it was like when when we did get out of the christian bubble and started grad school i think i could see what once it all kind of came down on me i could see the journey that i would have to take in order to end up a successful person like having to go through it because i knew yeah. i'd have to go through um figuring out myself with god and then figuring out all my sexuality stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and I knew also that my personality w- was not really made for that because I'm a very, I'm a pretty reserved person naturally. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't like to talk about myself or bring things up. And so that mixed with the fact that I would have to tell people this and be super vulnerable about it. And the fact that I am very routine based. And so I get caught in these mental routines and it's really, really hard for me to get out of. Mm -hmm. And I was in this mental routine that I had been in since I was born. And so it was this massive routine that I knew would take a lot of, it would be just be really hard to push through. And I just didn't think I would make it to be honest. And I think I really didn't think I would live this long. I, I thought about it because there was this energy I couldn't really quite place in my life. It was very optimistic and, I never really felt that before and I was trying to figure out where it came from and then I finally realized that I just don't think I imagined I would live this long and so now I can like be I, I just it's like the opportunities are endless and that's an energy I'd never felt mm-hmm. before um yeah I just really didn't think I would make it which is a very weird thing to think about yeah and I don't think it's yeah it's more like you just couldn't picture your life I just didn't think I would have the confidence to really do it. That's I think that's really what it was. So interesting to hear now, like knowing you. Yeah. Yeah. Because I just I knew it would take a lot, and it did. Yeah. Um. uh, Yeah, I think I just figured I. I don't know. When did that 
change? Like, what? At what point did you get I, out of that like routine of? I literally coming out was definitely. I didn't. I couldn't consciously tell you that that that's when it changed, but that is what kind of put that wrench in this trajectory that I had always thought I would have. Mm-hmm. That was the thing that changed everything. Because um, thinking, like, I really did not think about the fact that I was gay until I was 24, 25. Like, I really, if you, growing up, I would not have thought, I would not have told you. If you, if you could read my mind, you wouldn't have found the fact that I thought I was gay. Yes, yeah. I did know that I was attracted to like boys and men. I knew that I was attracted to them, um, but I never had the language for it. And so I really, since I didn't have the language for it, I didn't think about it because there was no way for me to place it in my mind. Mm-hmm. Um, and the <sighs> only language that I had heard about it growing up was a very negative um, and that there was a lot of consequences to being that, um, and not only negative consequences just in life, but also eternal consequences. Yeah. Um, and so I think I did know that. Uh, and so unconsciously I just knew it just wasn't going to be an option. Um, so even though I didn't have the language for it, I knew that whatever it was probably better off just not dealing with it. Like yeah. just push it down. It's just not going to be a thing. But I also I also didn't really know. It's hard to explain, too, because it's like I thought I liked girls. Yeah. You know, I think that was just what I was told. Since I didn't know gay people, there weren't gay people around. I had no reference for gay people. Um, I just knew, like, this was the life I was supposed to have. And I'm very impressionable. And I, I always was growing up. Like, you tell me something's true and I'll believe you. And so, like, people told me this is who I was supposed to be. And I was like, okay. And so I just, it really was like, I didn't know I could question it. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, but I knew that nothing ever felt right. It didn't feel bad, but it didn't feel good. It was just kind of like, no, because you're like, (laughs) I feel like you always had good relationships with women. I did. You do connect to them. And that's the thing. And I think this is the part um, growing up that really, um, that I really dealt with on an unconscious level was the fact that I really didn't get along with boys. I don't think it's because I liked them. I think it was just because I'm not a typical boy. Like Mm -hmm. I don't like boy things. I don't really like playing sports. I'm not very aggressive. I always was drawn towards girls because we liked similar things. Um, And so I never really got young boys. Like I didn't know how Mm -hmm. to relate to them at all. And so I felt very uncomfortable around them. Um, And then I also... I was comfortable, more comfortable with girls, but there was also this portion of uncomfortability because I'm really good at reading how people are feeling. It's something that I can do really well. Like I can tell if people are uncomfortable in situations. Mm -hmm. And so I know it was uncomfortable for me as a quote straight boy to be hanging out with so many girls and to hang out with girls like on a one-to-one and kind of connect with them in a way but to not like them, yeah. it was very confusing. And I could tell with certain girls that they would like me and I didn't like them back. And I remember just feeling so uncomfortable in that social dynamic that I couldn't be friends with girls without there being this weird, are we going to date vibe? Mm-hmm. And so I was just uncomfortable with everyone. And so I think that's really where all of my anxiety came. Um, like in middle school, I don't really think it was the sexuality portion. I think that was definitely 
it was definitely a factor because, you know, you're going through puberty and you have these things that come up. Um, but I was really good at just pushing it away yeah. and like redirecting it into something else. But um, I what the social dynamics of everything just were so uncomfortable for but me. But still affected all of that affected your relationships with other people. And yeah. And I became a people pleaser essentially because since I felt uncomfortable, the only way I found that everyone was comfortable was when I could kind of manipulate the feelings of situations. Like I'm very good at knowing what people need to hear in order to feel better. Mm -hmm. And so I just started doing that and I became this container for people to really unload on. And I really think that's why I went into social work because I had just been doing that my whole life. I had always taken on the, the burdens of other people. Yeah. Um, just naturally. Mm -hmm. That's just how my body works, unfortunately. I think that really, it set up how my mind worked moving forward. But um, I think because I felt so uncomfortable, I knew I needed to create this, the character's wrong word, I guess facade is probably the best. Like I had to create this persona that I could work in in order to move throughout life. Because being so uncomfortable with everyone was not going to work for me. And mm -hmm. I knew that wasn't going to work. Um, and so I think that's like end of middle school moving to high school I think I started to see how other people wanted me to be and how like really what they expected from me and I created a facade for that mm -hmm. like I created the John that people would want yeah um and that people saw and I I knew what people expected so um, I was able to fill that and I felt really confident in that and mm -hmm. it worked and people would you know when you're in because I just grew up with I had Christian friends. You know, yeah. I went to church. Those were my only friends. Um, I had some school friends, too, that I hung out with. But the majority, you know, I had youth group on Wednesdays, church on Sundays. I saw church people the most. Um, I lost my train of thought. <laughs> wow, I, like, rambled. That was, <laughs> that was good. Um, I listened to you. <laughs> um, but I, like, got into this groove with the facade, but it was a very – it became, like, this straight boy – Christian facade that really wasn't me um but when you're in a community of people that believe the same things they uh reinforce that and so like people were reinforcing this person yeah so I knew that this person that I was people liked mm -hmm. um but I didn't like this person like this wasn't me mm -hmm. and I just so I I just overall felt I feel like the word of the podcast should just be uncomfortable I just felt so uncomfortable and I didn't have the words to explain why mm -hmm. um and yes like every once in a while there would be i would i knew i'd be attracted to someone but i wouldn't allow myself to even think the phrase like i'm attracted to them it's like i felt the attraction but i didn't allow myself to even put words to it i just mm -hmm. kind of was like okay just let it pass um so yeah like i dated a few girls in high school and it was fine and but I never like felt anything great. Like I didn't even know what that felt like until like much later that I was missing something. Mm -hmm. I just knew that going into relationships, I, I, I would just always, I, I would, I didn't know what to do because I didn't feel anything, nothing. <laughs> and that's hard because like, I obviously really liked them, mm -hmm. but I liked them because I enjoyed them as a person yeah. and I really connected with them on that level and not sexual at all mm -hmm. yeah that was high school <laughs> <laughs> um but you know i i really i liked growing up in religion like i really did like the experience of i think it really created a foundation for 
longing for something more. Mm. And, you know, there's like a mystery to it. Um, and I really, grow, growing up, I think it was really necessary for me to have something like God to um, rely on because I did go through all of this alone. Like I never told anyone about all these feelings and all this anxiety and all of this uncomfortable feelings that I was feeling. Like I just held that in. Yeah. Like I literally talked to no one about it, but I knew God knew and I knew that God was there. Um, and so he really was, or he, God really was, he, he's like your family. He's like your best friend. It's just, it's someone that's literally always there when you yeah. need them. If you're scared, you can be like, I'm God, I'm scared. Like just protect me. And that really does make you feel better when you believe that yeah. it's very comforting to believe in God. Um, and so I'm appreciative that I have that and that I grew up with that and I would not change it whatsoever. Um, I think it also like instilled a sense of community and like fellowship. Totally. In that people don't always get if they're not involved in some sort of like religion or spiritual practice that other people are involved in. I mean, obviously you can get that anywhere. Yeah. And but like, I do think it instilled that as such as something that's very, very important to us. I think we definitely saw the value in it. And I think that's why I personally wanted to go to a school like the school we went to. Mm -hmm. It's a very small Christian university. We had 1100 students. Mm -hmm. um, everyone knew each other. It was essentially like, one big community, one big family. And I loved that. I loved yeah. being in that. And I wouldn't take that, that back either. I wouldn't either. I mean, um, I loved it when I was there. I did too. There was something so special about it and people cared for each mm -hmm. other. And that's what I do value about religion is, I mean, for better or worse, like people do care for you and they mm -hmm. do want what's best for you. It comes out really badly sometimes. Um, but they are good people. <laughs> yeah. But college was, I mean, it was a great transition, I think, for probably for both of us. From It's like that good independent limbo because we obviously grew up, um, you know, with our parents through high school, going to church and everything. And then we finally have this pseudo independence at college. Yeah. Granted, we were at a Christian college, so we couldn't watch R-rated movies in our dorms. We had to go to a certain amount of chapels. Um, we didn't have a curfew, but we couldn't drink. Um, we had open dorms, so only like certain exactly. days, like the guys and girls like be in each other's dorms. So really, like we had independence, but with um, an overseer yeah. of sorts. You know, we were able to kind of push boundaries, but also with limits. Yes. It's it was a very interesting place to live. Mm -hmm. um, I never felt like I never felt weird about it. Like, I didn't either, but it was because I was like not interested. We were used in to it too, though. Used to it, and also I was like, I don't really care. Like I wasn't. We weren't even because we weren't bad kids either. No. Like I was a rule follower. Like I would <laughs> rule just. Follower. I am like I, I was too. I enjoyed being good and following the rules, and yeah. So I think that's why I kind of thrived there, and I knew a bunch of people, and I got into a lot of different things. Um, Did you? drink at all before i a, a bit i had I definitely had a few friends uh in high school that i drank with okay uh definitely not a lot and like i only smoked I meant, weed like, once in high, or in at huntington because that we weren't allowed to drink even off campus technically not really back home i, I with my mom 
Back home, I would drink a bit with friends. Literally every time I went home, her and I would drink. I was like, I'm sorry, but they're not going to tell me I can't drink with my mother. No. And like, I never like really cared to go out and like get wasted anyways. But like, if I wanted to like have beer with my friends, I didn't want to feel guilty about it. And that's the one thing I definitely didn't like about it is I felt guilty. I didn't feel guilty. But that's the impression. Like, that's how impressionable I am. Like someone tells me that's the rule. I'm going to feel bad when I break it, um, whether it's right or not. And Uh it's like, yeah, but I loved it. I really did love our college experience. And I think it was necessary for the change in our lives as well. It was. Um, I would say, (laughs) like, bring it back to me. Um, Because I also, I really didn't think about it in college either. That's the thing. I really didn't think about um, being gay or uh, it would came up a few times. There's like a few instances. If I look back um, that I definitely felt it more. Um, And I do think also going to college kind of put a crack in my facade because there was like an end it was apart from where I'd grown up. So at Mm -hmm. least it was a different environment. And so I think it did allow me to think a bit more about it um, and actually did. I had terrible anxiety uh, in the beginning of college so much that I, like I started getting like rashes. Oh. Yeah. Um, Cause I just, my, my anxiety is very much a repetitive thought situation. So I will just ruminate on the same thing over and over and over again uh, till the end of time. Mm-hmm. And I do that. <laughs> and I do that with everything though. Like it, like I walk through life and I just, I trying to predict, I have a control. I, I know I have a control problem because I want to make sure that I am going to be the safest no matter which direction I go in. So I'm always trying to picture like what could happen in anything I do and with any conversation too. So I'm trying to like constantly pull information about things that don't exist um, so that when it does occur, I'll be able to, you know, be comfortable and have control over the situation. Um, sounds horrible it is um but i think it's not that bad anymore but because of that there in college i did there was like a looping thought there on oh like you're kind of attracted to boys Mm. um and what's i want to say there was a part there was a point i remember i think it was like sophomore year it was when i was dating Mm -hmm. i just remember i just really wanted like companionship and like I was really looking for that and since I'd never felt that with girls like I knew that it was there somewhere uh-huh. but like I longed for it so bad and I remember th- lying in bed one night and thinking just about marriage and like I knew I wasn't gonna marry but then I also had this moment where I was like I can't see myself marrying anyone but in my head anyone was like girls mm-hmm. so and I remember being so sad about that because that's all I wanted was to you know have a partner and a companion and i remember being like oh shit like i knew i wasn't gonna marry a girl yeah like in my head that meant i was not gonna marry anyone Mm -hmm. um and that kind of reinforced this idea that i wasn't gonna live that long like Mm -hmm. that's why i didn't find anyone because i'm not gonna live Mm -hmm. i think that was also part from where looking back i'm like i'm not gonna marry a girl that's why it didn't feel right yeah because that's what i was trying to think like i wasn't gonna marry a girl any girl Anyways, <laughs> where did God. I leave off? Yeah, the inner turmoil. Oh, <laughs> so I mean, weird because like I get, 
I, every like sentiment you're trying to convey, I get. I feel like I always like had a strong, firm ground on who I was and what I was not gonna let. Like, fuck. I feel like I fixed that shit. Like, mm-hmm. um, this is what's after one. <laughs> like, Lean in a bit. <laughs> we'll put it in. I'm just, I'm just talking. <laughs> okay. um, like I fixed that shit. Like I learned. Yeah. And I'm, that's not anything negative against you. Oh, I don't. But think knowing negative. how I work, like, yeah. I every feeling you're expressing, like, oh, I fucking. I know. Yeah. <laughs> but like I quickly like fucking like nipped that shit. I don't know how besides just And thankfully that's where I am now. Yeah. And what she's going to get in life. Yes. And that's how I feel now, which is great, but yeah, back then no. 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 Um I don't remember where I was. I know I was in college. That's what I remember. What was your driving force for get for moving out to LA? Oh, you were then our driving force. Yeah, <laughs> yes. <you were> LA. <laughs> that's true. Um, oh God, there's like it, that, that part is really very much. I knew I needed a blank slate. I knew that I couldn't exist where I grew up being this new person. Cause that was kind of the issue when you guys were gone too, is I, f- when, when I feel like whenever you go back to a home environment, you just fit right back into that mold and that facade. And I definitely did that because that's what was safe and that's what I knew um and so that's what I did I think that's why it was so hard to like break loose from that and why I say I don't didn't think I would make it because I figured I would get into that and never get out I figured I would just get stuck in that facade yeah um and so um when it really there was really was a change I would say it was right after really it, a big change was after like New Zealand and after mm-hmm. um, I think just getting away for a bit re- when I look back at my life trends happen when I get away yeah I'd been back home now since for almost two or so years because we had grad school for a year and then I had to go back and take classes but I was living back at home mm-hmm. and then like the year we were in New Zealand yes yeah um, and then and so I even tried to change environments while you guys were gone because I actually lived away for a bit. Yeah. Um, I li- I started living with some friends for probably like six months right before I came to visit you guys in New Zealand. Do you think it's helpful for me to give like a timeline? Yeah. Because like, we've been bouncing around a bit. That's I, I don't true. Know. Like 2016. Mm-hmm. It would have been. Well, I think New Zealand was 2016. Yeah. So it would have been like 2015. That you moved in with them? Yes. Okay. So uh, we graduated college 2013. We did grad school that year until 2014. Uh-huh. And then, yes, 2015, you guys left in September. October, yeah. Yeah. Um, and then I moved into that new place in after, November. Yes, after we left. Yes. Um, and I do think unconsciously it was me being like, I knew I needed to just like yeah, get out for a bit. Yeah, that's um, why we left. <laughs> yeah. And, I, and I, I, here's the thing. I love my hometown and mm-hmm. I loved my home. It wasn't that I didn't love it. It was just, I, I just knew I had to be away in order to come back. Like the only way I can think about it is like a butterfly type of situation where yeah. like you're just in this cocoon and the, I just had to get away in order to break free. Mm-hmm. I knew I could come back and be there, but I knew I couldn't evolve Yeah. in that space. Yeah. Um, so um, anyways, I had gotten a new place and it did take me out of that mind, that facade. But the problem was, is there was, I had no other foundation 
apart from that facade. And that's really what grad school did to me was it crashed yeah. every bit of foundation I had, of, yeah. like who I who I was. Um, I knew who I was as this Christian boy. But when immediately when we got to grad school, all of that crumbled away. Like I definitely didn't think I believe it's not that I didn't believe in God, but the whole Christianity religion was very confusing to me. Like I remember we talked about hell a lot mm -hmm. um, and like Calvinism and free will. And there were just so many things that finally I was just like, this doesn't make sense to me. And like people are good. And our senior year of college, um, I know you've heard the story a thousand times and I'm sorry, but um, my senior year of college, I lived across the, um, I lived in the dorms all four years and across the hallway. I don't know why I couldn't think of the word hallway. I was like across the street, um, across, um, across the hallway. I became really good friends with um, this freshman who had come in and he was not a Christian. He came in uh, to play soccer. And so that's, those are really the only non-Christians at our school were people that were recruited through sports. Yeah. And I know that's a stereotype of Christian colleges, but that was true at ours. <laughs> um, mostly, yeah. Mostly, yes. So this, this guy came in and he was not a Christian and he very much was, I think like a Buddhist Taoist. Um, and I remember just talking to him and A, I knew immediately he was a much better person than I was. Mm. Um, I could just tell, like, he's just a good guy. Um, and we were just chatting and it, I had this realization that he believe he believes what he believes just as strongly as I believe what I believe. Mm -hmm. And what makes me right and him wrong and what makes him right and me wrong. Yeah. And I remember that was really that like snap yeah. in my mind that was like, Oh yeah. Like that doesn't make sense. That was it for me too. We talked about that a lot in grad school. And the fact that he would go to hell and not me when yeah. I know that he's a better person yeah, exactly. than me. Like, I don't care if he doesn't believe in Jesus. Uh -huh. This guy is a better person than me and he deserves it over me. It makes no sense. <laughs> it didn't. And that was the big thing, I think, that started questioning God. So then anyways, once we got to grad school and I didn't have um, a Christian community to really surround me with, it, you know, when you're in Christian community, that's what you're going to hear. And so... And I was very much, I, I loved that environment. And we've talked about the fact that there is this energy to Christian, I would say the worship of Christianity. Mm -hmm. Cause like when we had, we had praise and worship chapels. And so they'd play all these Christian songs and the band would be playing and you could sense this energy in the room that everyone was feeling. And I think we all classified that as God, yeah. um, which it can be, but we were attributing it to a Christian God. Yeah. And so Instead I think of an energy source. Yes, it, yeah. exactly. Yeah, I feel like it's something that we were all tapping into for sure, but our perception of what it actually was was skewed. Yes. It's just, yeah, it's just all we were now. given. You know, that's what we told was true. And so... For our entire lives. Yeah, and so we had no... moment of birth. <laughs> and we had no reason to doubt it really no. until this point where like we had that idea of like, oh, like this doesn't make sense anymore. And a part of me is kind of like, we used that knowledge until we needed it. Mm -hmm. And then at that point we didn't need it anymore. And so we could kind of let it go and start building this new thing. Mm -hmm. And really that's what grad school was for us. Yeah. Um, because once we left that and we didn't have to go to chapels and we didn't have to do yeah. Bible studies yeah. um, and we were kind of just left to our own devices. I know for me, I was like, Oh, like literally then everything came down. I was like, Oh yeah, none of this makes sense. No. Like, Oh, like it really where, started to just like crumble. Truly. It really did. And it was that. And then, um, 
obviously then everything for me identity wise came down. So I had that. And then I had the fact that I knew that I was probably have to deal with the fact that I like boys. Mm -hmm. And so then like that weight came down. And so like both of those together really just took it out of me because I just didn't have this. I didn't have the say foundation again. I didn't have the 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 foundation to really hold it up Mm -hmm. um, because it was a facade. That's what it was. And I definitely think what was harder for me was not the sexuality portion. It was definitely the grieving God portion that really put me into depression in grad school Um, because of what we talked about where God was the only one there for me when throughout all of this. So like no one else knew about this. And so now the fact that I knew if I tried to talk to God, I knew he wasn't there. And so now when I thought I had someone, I now had no one. Um, and so it was just a very lonely feeling because yeah. now I just had no one to talk to it about at the time when I needed it. And so it's almost like I would cry out to God being like, this is the one time I need you. I haven't asked you for anything throughout my whole life. Been like, if I needed God, now would be the time. And I received silence. And that was the biggest slap in the face, having grown up in Christianity. And it really kind of settled for me, though, just the fact that that's okay. It's okay that that happened. But now I have to, like, figure out what to do with all that that energy and that broken energy that we felt and that grieving. Yeah. Yeah. What I really appreciated about you being there is we really... Thankfully, you loved everything that I brought up. Like yeah. I was reading Rob Bell at the time and yeah. Rob Bell, if you guys don't know him, he wrote this book called Love Wins, which he was essentially a pastor who was saying that maybe hell doesn't exist. Yeah. Like maybe we're taking we're reading too much into the actual language of how these sentences are structured in mm-hmm. the Bible and being like, you know, it wasn't written for our language. Maybe let's see what they actually meant during that time, during that culture. Yeah. Um, what a wild idea. Wild. I, I, I remember though being in college and people oh, were like heretic yes burn <laughs> him horrified and i remember i was too for a bit it was kind of at the teeter of when uh, i started transitioning away from I it i don't think i cared but i remember i was like oh yeah of course hell exists for the sinners <laughs> for the sinners <laughs> and i i really think that if you weren't there i don't know what i would have i don't I know, know what would have happened i agree I do think you were my one outlet during that time. And I really, I don't even think I like talked to you that much about it, but I think just knowing you were there and that I could talk to you about God stuff. Mm-hmm. I guess I talked the God I stuff. We brought I up brought all it up the time. a lot. Um, yeah. I, we John talk- was literally like my saving grace in grad school. <laughs> we would come to his room and be like, Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> we just, we really leaned on each other. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what's bonded us for so long. We definitely had a trauma bond. Yes. Um, <laughs> different things but same time and uh some of the same things it it definitely was a lot of different things yeah and so the way that i've explained um at least how my depression was (laughs) sometimes i realize how we're having such a great time and then i realize my next sentence is that which is (laughs) the way i describe my depression i'm like oh great john um but it really was it was almost like melted away in my hands during that time and i've described it as like tar it really does feel like that where you're like stepping and then you like kind of fall and then your knees are stuck (laughs) and like you just slowly get like encompassed by this tar and you just you're just you're fucked yeah and you really are and then 
it was like uh, when, you know, like when you restart your computer and there's that, that second in between where it turns off when it turns back on. Mm. Yeah, that's literally where I had to live for a bit um, because I knew emotionally when every when the God and the gay thing came down at once, I was like, you can't do this all at once. Mm-hmm. Like I, my mind was like, nope, click. Yeah. Like I had to like live in this kind of state of just nothing, nothing. Um, for a bit before it like clicked back on um, and I could slowly look at it. Um, and I kind of had to decide which one I wanted to deal with first. And they definitely chose God. I was like, you, sir, we have a lot to deal with. <laughs> I really, I really enjoyed the process though of finding a new spiritual practice. Mm-hmm. Um, it I love exciting. It was, there was something about questioning and doubting yeah. that I loved Yeah. and it felt right too. And I think that's what I kind of felt back our senior year of college when we were, you know, talking about all those other topics and I could feel this like stirring in me and i was like "Ooh, i like this yes like, how, we all this did more. All we did there was That's an excitement to it. it i mean it's knowledge um, you're, yeah you're learning you're yes. literally expanding your consciousness yeah and yes. i think i think my i think i knew that too and so i think i knew that was probably the better route to go mm. to start um and i kind of just like went all for it i remember i watched a lot of oprah super soul sundays yes. And I know yes, people like did. give oh, give crap to Oprah a lot, but that was such a great. Uh, it was such a great intro to just different beliefs and a positive mm, look at it. Yes, it, it was only like, tell me about why you wrote this. Like, how does it make you feel? It was never Oprah like putting in her thoughts. It no. was like, why did you write this? Like, tell us. That's wonderful. And I loved I just she I felt so ignited like every time I was like, yes, yeah, I was she, like, you talk about happiness. Yeah. Yes, Buddhist monk. Yes. <laughs> like it was just it was amazing to me. Um, but then also during that time, I remember I the, the gay thing was like a shadow behind me. It like chilled there. It was very respectful to me. Like mm-hmm. once I like booted back up, like I dealt with the God thing and the the gay thing stood back in the back, kind of just like waiting. But every once in a while, he'd be he'd like throw a rock at me, and I'd be like, "What?" <laughs> he'd be like, "Excuse me, I'm, I'm dealing I'm with something busy. here." Um, but I would like glance. B- <laughs> yeah, it's, it's like a little gay boy with a rock, and I was like, <sighs> "I was like, can you chill for a bit?" Um, but like I would glance back at it a bit, and it was very scary. I mean, to I wish I could explain how terrifying it was the first time I like had the realization that like oh shit like I'm gonna have to tell people this like I'm literally gonna have to like share this with my family knowing how I grew up and like knowing that it not that it would necessarily be the worst thing ever but I knew it would affect the dynamic Mm -hmm. um and I I just I remember just the dread of that um, Did I give you like anxiety all the time because I always wanted to talk about it? No, because it always no. wanted to talk. Because here's sexuality. the thing, I wanted to talk about it. Mm. Um, I just my personality is not one to be forthcoming with it, and so unless someone asks me, yeah, I'm not gonna be like, so here's what I'm dealing with. I think I like boys, you know, <laughs> like I need someone to like slowly prompt me into uh-huh. it and i think you did a great job of that unknowingly because well, we talk was, about sexuality all the time yeah i was so interested in it and, and I, was I was too i, I love so um and it was it was really just knowing i mean everyone i knew was christian and yeah. i just knew that like it could all go away mm-hmm. i just i just knew it wasn't going to be good mm-hmm. and the thing was i had never thought 
like I talk about my anxiety and how I think about every situation, every path, every conversation. Um, I never once thought about it as being a gay man. Like I had thought about every other outcome for me being a straight man in the world. I had never once thought about what life would be like as a gay man. And so now I'm like, I have to maneuver around this whole new thing that I had never thought of my life. Mm. I never thought about this part of my life. And so I just, I was thrown out of that control and that comfort. And I, I was just like, I, I don't know what to do. Like I was 25 and I was like, I don't know anything about gay culture. Mm. I don't know how to get in. Like I just literally don't know what to do. I don't know gay people. I don't even know what that looks like for me. And so I knew then I would have to come out being like, this is who I am, but without an identity behind that. Yeah. And so I'm coming out being like, yes, I like this. And they're going to be like, not why, but like, tell us who you are then. And I'd be like, I don't know yet. Like I, w I was in such a n different phase of life where I was literally building this whole new person who was the, the, who I was the whole time, but I never lived as that person. And so it was so hard to maneuver around that a with religion being like to all my Christian friends to have to be like, I don't know if I believe in God, but I don't know what I believe. And they would ask me like, mm -hmm. what do you believe then? I'm like, I don't, I don't, yeah, I don't know. know. Like, I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I felt so uncomfortable then too. And so then it's just like another added layer of like, I have no one to talk to about anything. Mm -hmm. um, and so I think that's also what made when you guys were gone really hard. And yes, like we FaceTimed, I would say like at least once every two weeks, mm -hmm. sometimes more, maybe sometimes less, but I would say consistently every yeah. two weeks. Um, and, uh, I just remember like what a blessing it was because we talked about we just talked about those things that I needed I yeah. needed an outlet for and yeah. when you guys were gone I literally talked to really no one I mean my parents were at home but like no offense I couldn't talk to them about any of the things I was dealing with mm -hmm. um, I couldn't talk to any of my friends that I because I had some friends in my hometown that I'd grown up in the church with but like I can't talk to them about the fact that I don't believe in God and that I'm gay mm -hmm. um, and so like when I did get the chance to talk to you and I was also working in a school and like, yeah. <laughs> you can't talk about that in a school either. Yeah. So, um, I, um, it was a great outlet for me to like kind of get some stuff out. And I guess looking back, I started the podcast with Mathis too, which was yeah. a huge outlet, um, which I, I, I'm like just having the realization of I'm that probably saved me too. Cause I, that was a huge outlet that I, um, needed. Yeah. Uh, it was something to look forward to every week. I mean, it was like, and it was a conversation that like routine. It was, exciting. yeah, it did yeah. break my routine and it was vulnerable. And yes, since I know, and that's the one I'm talking about. Like I, I'm like self-aware enough to know that my personality is one that's very reserved, but I do like to talk if there's a purpose. Yeah. And so like it gave me a way to express who I was in a very controlled way where I could control the narrative of it. Mm -hmm. But I could also like put in there the fact that like, I'm a little more liberal than you remember me. Yep. And like, yep. I still support the gays. I did talk a lot about sexuality yes. in the sense of like, I support everything. Um, so like I got to talk about that. Yeah. And so like then having those uh, conversations with you and then the one time we did the Kinsey scale and that kind of changed everything mm -hmm. for us. Yes. <laughs> I mean, yes. so, we were FaceTime. We were FaceTiming one uh, time, and I think you must have done the Kinsey scale at some point. Yeah. Do you want to talk about it? Uh, yeah, it was uh, in the summer of 2015. <laughs> it was back in the summer, <laughs> the summer of 2015. I think. <laughs> right. I think we it was in the Spain. fall, wasn't it? We were, I was in Spain. Oh. Okay. So it was definitely the summer. Okay. 
anyways, I saw it on something, Tumblr or something like that. Mm-hmm. And of course, I was very interested in all of it as well. And so I, I did the, the quiz and I just like was Skyping with John. I think I made you take it as well. Um, Megan. <laughs> you. You. <laughs> um, and I think I just was like, oh, you should take this. And basically it's numbered like one to six, one being like totally, totally, I say it with quotations. Um, totally straight. And yeah. then six being totally gay. And then zero ev- undefined. <laughs> yeah. That was me. Was it really? I kept getting zero. I kept getting that too. Yeah. Oh. Yes, it was like we could. Like we can't figure you out. They couldn't. I had to change. I had to change my answers for a couple things for it to come out to the score I ended up getting. Basically, number three in the middle Mm -hmm. is like supposed to be like bisexual or pansexual or whatever, interested in more than one gender, Um, and you ended up getting a three, and Mm -hmm. I was like. Like, oh my god! And I always like to clarify. I knew what would get me a three, and so I answered questions that would, yeah, get me there. Yes. Well, but this was the first I was hearing about anything outside of what I knew from you already. Yes. And so I was like, oh my god, are you like surprised? And he was like, no. (laughs) (laughs) That's what shocked me the most because it wasn't like all of a sudden I was like, wait. (laughs) You're like, are you realizing this for the first time right now? No. Yeah. <laughs> no. Uh, so that was that was interesting. What did you think at that moment? Do you remember? I mean, were you surprised? I was surprised, but I think it was mostly because you hadn't given me any indication that it was different. Like up until was, that point, yeah, we talked about a lot of stuff. Yeah. A lot, and well, I think it's because I also didn't quite get it yet. Like I yeah. didn't understand it either. Yeah. Um, it's like I didn't know, but I didn't know like i didn't have like i said the language yeah. i mean for and it. honestly like you but, like everybody can come out when whenever they feel they're comfortable so it's not like i was yeah. like i can't believe you hid this from me it was well, just it was yeah. more just like oh i've <laughs> never even heard an inkling of this from yeah. you and all of a sudden you're like no i'm not surprised <laughs> yeah i think that's something i really want to be like known too is that you don't have to necessarily have known your whole life yeah. it's like yes i and it's also a weird thing to be like, I did know, but I didn't know. Mm-hmm. But it really was a language thing. Like you just, if you, there's no representation around you, you have no one to put yourself onto. And so I just, there wasn't anyone I could be like, oh yeah, I'm like him. I'm like that yeah. gay person. I just never had that yeah. until, I mean, really until I was very old, <laughs> mm-hmm. surprisingly. But I think it's just because I, I just, it was never in my frame of reference. Yeah. And it can honestly even be like harder and weirder for people who aren't just attracted to one gender as well because like uh, yeah that's so confusing easy. too like if you're attracted to men and women like well yeah it makes sense i'm attracted to men so why would i think any different especially yes. if you're raised like as that's a great point in a religious experience or household or whatever where that's not acceptable and so well of course then i'm straight because i like men yeah so and it, then it's like, like but ooh. But wait a minute. But, ooh, <laughs> Emma Watson, hi. <laughs> yeah. Probably towards that time of life, so after grad school, during while you guys were gone, mm-hmm. I think is when the sexuality stuff, I, I think I had dealt enough with the God stuff yeah. to let a little bit of this the gay stuff in. Yeah. Um, well, and then you told us some part of it. So and that's we a huge thing, too. And we were talking about it even more. Yes. Um, 
And like, I think that was also me like slowly adding it to my identity. Uh-huh. You know, you kind of have to, I had to slowly do it. There's no way I could have just jumped in. Mm-hmm. So yeah, then when you guys, I had planned to come out to see you guys in the summer and we planned that pretty early. I think mm-hmm. it was like in the November time yeah. when I was moving that we had uh, planned that. And then I remember it was during that winter where I, I remember I made a whole new email address so that I could mm-hmm. sign up for uh, uh, apps yes. to just like, I don't know. I just, for some reason I was just so scared to put it on my normal email. Mm-hmm. Like, so I signed up for, I guess Tinder was through Facebook, but, um, like, okay, Cupid. I remember just signing up and it, I didn't sign up for grinder. Like it wasn't like I wanted to sign up to like find someone to just like go yeah. to the back alley. It was just, it was me just testing the waters in a bit and feeling, I felt so rebellious. Like mm-hmm. I, I, I was so anxious about it. I remember like on Tinder, I started off, I started off just putting women and I remember just, I was just clicking through, like it was not fun at all. And so I then like switch it to men and women. And I remember I would just swipe through all the girls until a guy would come up and be like, Ooh, okay. And then I keep going. It was just fun to look. And then I I honestly don't remember how long it was until I put it to just solely men. Um, But (laughs) I remember then I, when I matched with someone for the first time, I remember I just, I felt this, I like felt butterflies for the first time. And it was so weird to feel at 25. Like you just feel, and I was like, oh, like, cause I knew what butterflies were and I, I, I understood what they would feel like, um, but I'd never felt that. And so when I felt it for the first time, I was like, oh, God damn it. I was like, yeah. Aww. And it was literally just like matching with someone and like them saying hi. And I was like, yeah, like having a boy be interested in me is what. I like and it's what makes me feel good mm-hmm. um, and like we never met up me and this guy but we like chatted for a bit and it was just I remember just being like oh, it's so nice but I felt so bad like I, I felt I guess guilty I didn't feel guilty but I felt rebellious and I felt it definitely felt like a secret yeah. I would say but then like I, I remember I matched with a few other people I never met up, up with anyone um, but it was kind of getting to like the final straw with my mind. Like I still honestly would not have told you I was like gay. I mm-hmm. still, that was never, that was a huge disconnection for me. I never allowed myself to picture of dating someone or a future where I was with a guy. I still didn't do that. But um, then when I went to New Zealand and we just had such a great time, like it was the best time. And mm-hmm. I remember I did have this thought of like, these are like three girls that like I love the most and like I don't think of them that way and it's like if I was going to think of anyone that way it would be these people in my life and I remember just once I realized that that I was like there's because I kept there was a part of me that kept hoping this because I do think there's probably one girl out there that I could fall in love with I'm I'm I definitely believe that I'm open to that Mm -hmm. um and I think I was thinking I was hoping that would happen because I didn't want to ruin, I didn't want to upend my life. I didn't want to have to tell people this. I didn't want to have to deal with it. I knew it was going to be extremely difficult just emotionally for me and my personality type. Like I knew I wasn't going to fare very well throughout the process. Um, And I was just hoping that it would happen. And that's after New Zealand, that's when I was like, it's not going to happen. And so then once I got back, um, I think it was probably, we got back, I got back like early July, I think of 2016. And then I think by like mid-August, I had thought, I'm just going to do it. I don't know what it was, but like I had this little bit of confidence in me Mm -hmm. 
that I knew I had to fucking ride because otherwise I knew once that little bit of I don't know if it was like the bit of confidence I had left or if it's confidence I had built I don't know which one it was but I knew I just had a little bit left and if I didn't do it this time I would be that instance where I just wouldn't make it Mm -hmm. like I knew this was kind of my last chance and I I did know it was life or death for me I knew I couldn't go back to acting like this um, good Christian boy straight Christian boy I knew I would not survive that life um and so i had just like i just tried to think of what would be the best way to tell people in the right timing and then when i finally decided to come out to people it was in october and i decided just to tell my <coughs> family and then like a few close friends so like i told i actually told my parents first which is i feel like unusual i feel like parents are usually last to know but i know for me it was mainly just because no matter, I could have literally told everyone in the world, but if my parents didn't know, I would always be looking behind my yeah. back. Mm-hmm. I, I could go on a date, and if everyone knew, but not, like I would just, even if I feel like I was across the country, there would still be a little part of me that wouldn't feel comfortable. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I told them first. And obviously you guys knew that I, you all knew that I was interested in boys. Mm-hmm. Um, but I told them on like a Tuesday. I think I told you then on that Wednesday. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I told my best friend and the person I was doing the podcast with, uh, my best guy friend, and my sister and brother-in-law on that Thursday. Um, and I remember I did them all in one week, and I was so fucking exhausted. Like, yeah. it was such like I was crying. Like I was, it was just so emotional. But I remember that when you ask about like what's like the point where things like diverted for me, and that was it because now I knew I could start building this mm-hmm. life that I had always wanted to build, but I never had the opportunity to. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it was the kind of the turning point for honestly saying like what Ari says, like no to death. Like I think that was, I think my life in that trajectory as a Christian male, unfortunately for me would have ended up in death. I know it would have. And uh, it's just, it, it boxed me into a thing that would not, I knew I wouldn't have gotten out of. Um, and now like, this whole new life was available to me and I just remember how exciting that next few months were because you guys came home then yeah. pretty quickly after mm-hmm. I came out well, it was yeah it was like in LA few... like yeah oh we yes in, Mallory and I stopped in LA you guys were on at the Disney way... that day yeah um, <laughs> so then we came home like two days later yeah um, and I got to see you like right away because we went to the all black game oh yeah and yeah. then we saw Troy yeah um, and I just remember Troy was such a beautiful moment for me because like like i was saying like yes i told people i was gay but i still didn't get what that meant i didn't know what that meant for me i didn't know what it looked like i just knew that deep i knew i was gay i knew i was i just i never kissed a boy at that point like i'd kiss girls but i never kissed a boy and i remember someone even asked me like how do you know you're gay if you've never kissed a boy and i was like well how did you know that you were interested in boys before you kissed one like you yeah. just know. You know what you like. And then I remember you guys came home. You guys set me up with uh, this friend that your sister knew. Oh, yeah. Um, and that, like, even that whole situation, it was, like, my first intro to, like, a gay relationship. And it was so quick. Oh, yeah. I think it was too quick for me. Like, I'm glad I got to, like, experience what that was like. But being thrown into... A situation that I like I hadn't prepared for mentally mm-hmm. and I'm someone that just needed to mentally prepare I didn't expect all of the uncomfortable being in 
public with someone like I just I never it was such a new thing for me mm-hmm. um, but I love that it happened and it was a really good it showed me that this was right because it really did feel like this made sense yeah um, and I remember calling you on the way do you remember I called you on the way home from seeing him mm-hmm. um, and I was like I kissed the boy yes <laughs> um, <laughs> Yeah, it was so – and that's the thing, too. Like, I was so old at that point. I was almost embarrassed Yeah. to have to, like, start as this child. It's not like I hadn't done anything with anyone, it, but I would never done anything with boy, like this men. It's like you were experiencing it for the first it time. It really is. And so um, – and it's just that, – that was a huge other element to it that, you know, I was 26, and I had to learn where I fit in gay culture. So many people start their, you know, their gay culture journey – really early on you know they're like 12 or 13 and they know that they're more into like drag or something like that so they would you know look on the internet or youtube Mm -hmm. or watch shows i never did that so i when it was finally kind of in front of me i didn't know where to go i didn't know how to interact with other gay people Mm -hmm. um i didn't know how to be friends with other gay men you can make some noise it's okay you're so sweet she's like (laughs) picking up a stool so soft and she's like I'm just uh, trying to be considerate. Yeah. <laughs> Not like, <"Fire!"> yeah. <laughs> Scraping. Um, I forget where I was. Damn it. It happens every time. Um, uh, you were talking about Oh, just like it's, it's, like it was such a new experience and I felt so uncomfortable because I still didn't, I just didn't know what it meant to me yet. Like it was still very much so new and I didn't understand. Um, but then we started going out and downtown chicago Mm -hmm. which was so much fun i feel like it was such a great intro to like gay culture a bit it was very controlled for us Mm -hmm. you know we we like had a hostel we would just start pre-gaming there have like tons of fun you guys would put some makeup on me sometimes Mm -hmm. paint my nails sometimes and then we just go out and just have the best fucking time it was so great it was just it really was free like and like quality. quality. It really was, and like so many good memories. And yes. I feel like it was just good for all of us to like be in that environment, uh-huh. and like we just soaked it in. We got all you know of what us I mean? like outside of our like little towns too. Yeah. Like it just. It, I feel like it showed us what could be almost in mm-hmm. a sense. It's like there's this whole new group of people that they're fun. The whole experience is fun, and like we don't need to have this small suburban life. You know, we could have something exciting like this where we like go out and have fun. And mm-hmm. um, I think during that time, I had always thought about leaving, obviously, like I wanted to move away. Um, but I definitely think that time really cemented it for me being like, I need to get away and I need to get to somewhere where I will feel free, like being in that, cl- like those yes. clubs that I went to, feeling that free, mm-hmm. but every day, yeah. and every hour. Um, and really LA was the only choice for me. I mean, I did think about going to Nashville when my sister was, but that's still fairly conservative. And mm-hmm. I knew that if I was there, I would still feel in this mm-hmm. bubble. Like, I feel like I wouldn't have escaped the bubble. Um, you still would have had like the safety net of your family there too. That's true. I wouldn't have had the experience of just like being on yeah. my own and really, I, I do think it took me coming out here to start building an identity. Mm -hmm. I think I started back home, but I think there was a limit to what I could do back home. Mm -hmm. Um, And so like moving out here and then when you guys decided to move out here, I was so excited. Um, And I'm so happy you did because we did that together. We did. John, you have no idea. It literally changed everything. It changed our lives. And 
I it was just so perfect for all of us, and I feel like we just slowly. What I liked about it is we could. We we did it in our own time. Like we we yes we were thrust into LA, but I feel like we slowly immersed ourselves in it in a way that was comfortable for us coming from a suburban environment you know like we slowly like went out to you know we ho and mm-hmm. you know we would dabble in other things but yeah. um we just had each other as like a home base yeah. Yeah. and i i mean so i would love to we hear about to here huh we needed to be here there's we did need to be here yeah. there is there's something really special there's an energy here right? that yes i think it comes with obviously hollywood entertainment mm-hmm. but there's a lot of creative energy here yeah. and so many minds that are just yeah, there's so just a so lot of intelligent. It's very diverse. There's mm-hmm. a lot of intelligent people here. People are like going for it. Yeah, like people are taking just, risks like, and yes. and they're they're not getting it. They're getting it. Mm-hmm. It's like this huge. Um, it's it's a cool place. Yeah. Um, and it did give me, and I'm sure for you guys as well, like a really a blank slate. And what mm-hmm. I loved about coming here, and I remember having the realization when I made like my first work friend is like they're only going to know me as who I present to them. Mm. And that was such a special feeling. And it really freed me from having to hold up this like costume facade that I had had. And I kept for so long, like I just kept it in my closet because who knew, knew when I would need it again. Um, and it really helped me just kind of like burn that. <laughs> like I really did have to like kill myself in a sense yeah. where it's like I had to kill this persona that I had created in order to survive. I mean, it was a safety thing, but um, and coming to L.A. really helped me do that. And um, I remember presenting myself as like not like I'm John the gay man, but like they don't have all that baggage of knowing me like in youth group. Yeah. And that I went to Christian college. It's not like, oh, you're gay now. It's just like, yeah, it's oh, and they're John. Gay. Yeah. <laughs> and it's not like, oh, like, what about our small group? It's like yeah. I didn't <laughs> yes. have any of those baggages. I could just be like, this is who I am. And I could almost have a fake confidence like you can hold mm. yourself differently knowing that people around you aren't thinking about the fact that you're this christian gone gay yeah and that was it gave me also the freedom to start working uh on my my mental health and also having it's probably going to be having weed in my life definitely <laughs> helped as well and i will oh, yeah. go on record and i guess this is record <laughs> that like I, th- I do think weed saved my life it helped mm. it helped me see myself and it helped me take a step back from every situation I was in and being like you're kind like this narrative you're creating is not true Mm -hmm. like and on like cannabis you can feel things so differently and so much more impactfully and I felt like I saw myself in a way and I saw someone I could love in myself Mm -hmm. and someone I was proud of and I would never would have found that if I didn't have something to slow my mind down which is what we did for me um, and it allowed me to get outside of myself. I was so in my head for like literally since fifth grade, I'd just been in my head, just the thoughts going all the way around all the time. And it allowed me to finally just sit like peacefully for a second and like slowly take in everything that I had gone through and deal with it little by little. Yes. And that's what I did. And yeah. I, I kind of knew that that was happening. Um, and so like that first year we were here, like I would just slowly, I would slowly work on things and like I would slowly build up this confidence and this identity here. Um, and like I got to such a great place. And then it came part to when we went to the BBMAs mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I had this insane panic attack and I had never had a panic attack before, but it was the night before we were leaving for the BBMAs. I don't remember who all it must have just been us four because yeah, yeah. I would have felt much more self-conscious if I did that with <laughs> other people there 
Um, but we were in our living room because we all lived together. Um, and I remember Steph was talking to Megan. We had taken edibles, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, and so I was just, I was standing maybe five feet away. It wasn't far. Like I could probably hear them if I wanted to, but I wasn't listening. I was just watching Stephanie's face as she was talking to Megan. And then all of a sudden I just saw her eyes just like go dull. Like the light left her eyes and she started to fall forward a bit. And it was so brief, but like when you're on an, a mind altering substance, like yeah. things feel different. And so I just saw her falling forward. And then uh, in that moment, that millisecond of her falling forward, I had just had this flash of like, oh my God, like she just had an aneurysm. She died. Like I'm seeing her fall forward in death. And like, I felt, I felt that so purely, like I know that how, I felt then if you actually died, I know that's a, the exact feeling I would feel. Um, and I remember it was just so jarring and like you popped right back up, but yeah. like the damage was done. Like yeah, it was it like was. once it literally it like, just like was. burst through this like <laughs> dam that I had. It was like, poof. It, looking back, it must've triggered like this very much this feeling that I had felt back in like my very depressed. Well, yeah. I guess I do know what it is. Cause I, d I just remember I started hyperventilating and I couldn't breathe. Um, and it's it's very, very textbook panic attack. Like oh, I, it was. I couldn't breathe. And I never had this before. And as much anxiety as I had growing up, I'm surprised I never had one. Um, but I never had. And so I couldn't breathe. And I like went to the next room. And I remember I couldn't, I couldn't even like, I couldn't talk without sobbing. Like I couldn't make one noise because they were kind of like, John, you okay? And I was like, huh? <laughs> no, it was literally, it was just like, a sound coming out of your throat. It wasn't even like a voice. It was like, cause it was just coming. Like there was, <laughs> there was no way I could stop it. And I think I, I felt that, but it quickly, when I went to the other room, um, and I kind of like had a second and I was in this like panic mode, it, my mind quickly went away from you and you're dying. And it went back to that emotion that, um, I think was the same and why it triggered it was that I saw, I just saw how broken I still was mm -hmm. like, yes, I had built up this like, partial identity but it really it wasn't strong um and i was so disappointed because i thought i had come so far and i just saw how much work i still had to do like yes i had this great i would say i had this really good foundation for who i wanted to be but it was still very fragile like it was still very new um and i saw how much work i still had to do and i had just been working for so long just trying to get to that fucking point after grad school. And like, I felt like I literally clawed my way to, to Los Angeles. Like I was just proud that I was there. And then I had worked that whole year on myself just to really fall back down. Mm. I just remember the disappointment of that was so heart crushing for me. And so like, I, I like went upstairs. I remember like, I was just like, I have to go upstairs. Like there was nothing I had to. Um, and I, re I do remember like going up, and I was just standing in my doorway. So I, I closed the door. And like my closet was to the left. My bed's over here to the right. And I just remember I was standing there and there was the high. When, when you're high, you're also like when you're high on cannabis. Like, yes, you have this altered state, but there's still this very, you can tap into your oh, logical yeah. self if yes. you need to. Like, yes. it's not like it's not you there. You can like talk yourself out of that. 100%. And so there was, I both were there. The logical self was me was just like, you just need to lie down. Like, yes, you're having this like very much a panic attack. You're going to be okay. But then there was this like high part of me um, that was just 
it was so overwhelming. It was really hanging on to that idea of like, you're broken, you're broken. Like no matter how much work you do, you're always going to come back to this point where you're just going to fall right back down. Um, and you're never going to like be this whole person, like just fucking die. Like just, it's just, it's so overwhelming to keep, to think let's do this again for another three years. And then like, that was just so overwhelming to think that I would have to go through that again. Um, and so like, there was just that part of me that's just like, just die, just die. And there was like a part of me that it was so close to me coming downstairs being like, I think we need to call the ambulance. Like it was very much, I was so close to doing that. Um, and there was also a part of me that was like, I knew, I almost was like, I can't go tomorrow to like Las Vegas. Like mm-hmm. I literally thought I was going to have to be committed because of like how I knew that I like had a complete breakdown. I know that's what they would have called it if I like went to the hospital. Um, it was just this breakdown and I think I needed it cause it really, and thankfully like I, t- I was able to talk myself out of it. <laughs> I laid down and it was fine. I remember waking up the next day and just being like, like, like I have a lot of work to do. And I, I think I knew then what it was. It was definitely, it was a, a confidence thing. Like I had this identity now that I wanted to be, but I had no confidence behind it. And so it was still very fragile. And I knew that there was a lot of things I had to, it was a lot of self-love stuff mainly. Like I had to own my story and I hadn't done that yet. I had to really deal with every emotion that I had throughout my whole life that I didn't have words for. Like I kept saying I didn't have language for it. Now at this point I have language for it and I knew I had to go through it and put that language back in it so that I could own it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I knew how, <laughs> how hard that was going to be and how emotionally draining it was going to be. But there was a part of me that was like, I'm going to invest in my 28th year because I had just turned 28. I'm going to invest in that year to really build myself up so that when 29 comes around, I can like fucking do it. <laughs> um, and I'm really proud of myself. I feel like yeah. I've come such a long way since then. You know, everyone has a story of where they've gone through stuff. Like everyone has their, that's the whole point of the podcast. It's called Sonder Wave because Sonder means every person that is around us is having an individual human experience and like we all are Mm -hmm. and so the point is i really want us to validate ourselves and to feel proud of ourselves that we all have this journey that we're going on a lot of it's internal that not a lot of people see and that's really hard to describe to people how far you've come internally but i think we should all i want us to all be proud of where we get to and like to be able to say like i am proud of myself for all the things that from where we started all the things that we had to go through in order to get us to where we are. Um, Cause I just think that's so important. And I know that's why pride's important to me um, and why, why I should be proud, you know, cause I did work really hard to like be this person. I, why not be proud of it? Yeah. Stop We're rambling. very proud of you. We thank you. Your <laughs> yeah. A lot. <laughs> oh, thank you. Yes. It's, it's been, a, it's been so, in, it's been such an interesting year. it's been a a year yeah (laughs) Yeah. it really has and but one thing that i've been doing this year that has really been helping me just with self-love is since i do get in these mental routines like uh i listen to a lot of the same songs over the course of the year which have a lot of emotional baggage in it now Uh um just because i listened to them when i was depressed i listened to them when i was going through all of this stuff this year like really redefining myself and so when i re-listen to these songs i i can easily feel those feelings again if i want um but same with that i kind of went through this 
weird relationship thing in this year. And there was a lot of songs with that. But then after everything ended with that and I started listening to the songs again, I started redirecting all of these love songs, I guess. Because a lot of music that we listen to, the, the Pop 100 and a lot of them are about love. Like mm-hmm. that's just, I think that's the most common thing musicians have to write about. And so there's just a lot of songs about relationships and love and mm-hmm. dating. And so all I would say like <laughs> 75% of the songs that would come up on my playlist were songs that I had all this baggage with. Yeah. And I remember I had this this idea of like, you know, with these love songs, I don't need I don't need to think about it in the fact that I'm sad that this relationship ended, but I can think about it of like me singing it to myself. Like this this higher part of myself, this person that I connect with, like that's the person that I want to date right now. Like that's the person I want to connect with. And I can't tell you how healing it's been to sing a love song to yourself, to listen to something, a song that you really, really liked, like with, you can even say like with a partner or something, like something that you really had connected with them. Um, And to really put that love emotion that you had towards that person person and put it onto yourself, how healing that was for me. Cause I had never done that. And it allowed me to really, uh, to look back and I, when I think about kind of my journey to where I am now, there's definitely stages, ooh, stages of John that I think of. Like there's the fifth grade John who was the first one to think of it. And I remember going through and just thanking them individually for like how much they had to go through and the emotion behind it. Cause I know how hard it was, but being like, thank you for doing that for me so that I can be where I am now like thriving. Like we did it type of thing. And I remember I did it for like my fifth grade self, my middle school self, my high school self, which is probably the hardest one for me to thank because it's like the, that's like the biggest facade, John, the one that I really relate the least to. Um, But it was really special for me to look at that person and be like, that's what, that's who I had to be then in order to survive. And so like, I can thank him for that and for really getting me to this like next step, which was college. But yeah, so like I went through and I just thanked all of them. And that was so healing for me. Um, And I would really recommend people that really struggle with self-esteem and really loving themselves is to have that compassion. Because, I mean, you're you're, going to be your best friend. I mean, you're if you don't like yourself, it's really hard to accept. And that's what I found for me, too. Like I never accepted love or care from anyone before that, like before this year. I just had never done that. And giving myself that love opened up the channel to allow love from other people. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> I mean, I think we've like all of us have been working on that exact thing in the last year. I think, yeah. It's so we're definitely like in sync on a lot of things mm-hmm. and we always have been. Yep. And that's why I wanted you guys here. <laughs> that's why I, I love you in my life. <laughs> I love you in my life. No. You guys are definitely like, what? It was great to have this discussion. It was. It was nice. Oh, yeah. What do you like? So, like, what do you want to get out of Pride this year? That's a good question. Your experience is going to be quite different from the last two you've been to. I know. Um, I think one thing I've learned this year is to, since I I explained how I'm like a container for people's emotions, that's something I've really learned to shut off this year. Mm -hmm. And so I've never really experienced something like that without thinking how everyone else is in is experiencing this i don't know why but my brain has always been like not how i'm experiencing it but making 
but thinking about how everyone else is experiencing it. It's for that control thing, how everyone else is experiencing it so that I can make sure I can react accordingly. Accordingly. Uh Um, And so I have never, and that's what's been so weird about this whole year is I'm, I feel like I'm experiencing things so much differently now because I've been able to shut off thinking about how you two are experiencing this and really just focus on how I'm feeling about it. Um, Mm. And so I think it's just going to, I think it's going to be a little overwhelming in a sense of like, just like being happy and just joyful. And because last year was so much fun. We walked in the parade with my work and um, we're just like having the best time. And that's really what it is. And I remember there were, there were obviously picketers there. And there's a part of me that really wants to just like go up to them and be like, I hope you guys know that like the devil's on your side celebrating with you and God's on our side celebrating with us in this parade. Like there's just so much joy in a pride parade because it's people celebrating like their stories and just Mm -hmm. being like, this is who we are. Mm -hmm. And yes, we're different and we're unique and we're queer, but like, we're the fucking best. Like we just have the best time. And I well, think it's, we're the norm. We should be the norm. Yeah. I mean, we're it everywhere. Like be the norm. <laughs> it's, it really, it's, yeah. it's a spectrum of we're different. We're like, no, this should just be you. <laughs> yeah. And that's, and I think that's what pride celebrating is just celebrating yeah. you. And it's not even like you have to be queer to go. Like no. even straight people, like you can go to these parades and just celebrate you and so you can celebrate yourself. You can celebrate being an ally for yeah. this community. There's just so much goodness in a pride parade. Mm-hmm. And I think I'm excited to exp- I feel like I'll be able to feel that differently this year. Yeah. Okay. 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 Thank you. Okay. <laughs> okay. Thank you. This I love is our you. entire relationship. Yeah. <laughs> we just, it's inside jokes and it's memes and it's yep. vines. Yep. It's things we just, just okay. Okay. Over and over again. Over yes. and over and over. Okay. <laughs> Um, thank you for being here Uh, thanks for having us anytime my lady okay bye bye